it's not the amount. It's not, we talked about this before we hopped on. It's not what we're doing. It's how and why we're doing it and how we can bring that intention into the moment of, of what, of what we're doing. Yeah. Not what, because then the shame story comes in. It's like, I'm doing this bad. I'm therefore I'm bad. Mm-hmm. My choice in this way makes me bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of us don't have the awareness and skill set yet. A lot of us are working on it. <laughs> Your listeners, I'm sure, included. Of my choice and me are actually kind of separate. Mm. And we can get into a place of allowing ourselves to enjoy, E N J O Y, as a you know, all caps enjoy when we, um, when we slow down and we just, we just bring some love into the sip, right? Hi everyone. Welcome back to Chew On It. So we have a very special guest that I've been super excited to record with Marissa Halstead. I'm going to let you did I did I say that right? It's Marisa, but everybody does it. Marisa, Marisa, beautiful. Thank you. Oh my gosh, where's that from? It's Spanish, which I am in my soul, but I'm actually a white girl. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm Mexican. Oh I am gosh. in my soul, Marisa, but not really. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let Marisa introduce herself, which she's already begun, which I love. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for wanting to have this conversation. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, I guide people through what I call a journey of the senses, which is um, through a company that I founded and a concept that I founded called the Mindful Vine. And I'm a sommelier. I've been in the wine world and business for 15 years as a psalm for about half that. And um, I've gotten to travel the world to study wine. I think it's been an incredible way to learn about the world from culture to law to viticulture to farming to um, making wine so it's just been a really incredible journey for me i also am a yoga and meditation teacher and i've been practicing for most of my life and now guide people into that realm as well so how do these two seemingly opposite things coexist um is something that i have it makes sense in my brain and we'll chat about it and maybe it'll make sense to everyone else yeah is uh this concept of really using our senses particularly with the joy and pleasure of a glass of wine and a bite of food as this opportunity for us to have a portal to presence to joy to pleasure yes and that's an amazing concept yay we can talk about it all day long but i've I've really spent a lot of my life, not only for myself, but guiding other people to to tap into that in a way that's actually really tangible and almost like I am a yoga teacher, right? So what's the practice? So I do this in tastings. So we have a table full of, of, of people who are coming to a seemingly regular wine dinner, but we meditate and drop into our bodies and a little bit of awareness and gratitude before we even begin, which is a custom for many, you know, many, many cultures for millennia to to come together and break bread and take a moment to hold hands Mm. or acknowledge each other. Um, I was actually raised in a Jewish household, which now I'm putting that together. We did do that on Friday nights, Mm -hmm. you know, the the lights. So there's a ceremonial piece to it, which um, has been done for forever since humanity. I think that's just a beautiful thing to do 
a lot of the times in our culture we don't do. No. So we start there and um, and then it gets into this really fun, playful, interactive, educational journey of the senses. So I really like to tell people that, you know, yeah, I'm a fancy psalm and, and quote unquote an expert in a lot of ways about wine, but so is everyone else. Mm-hmm. And if we can just slow down and ask ourselves some really key questions to become aware that we all have the answers. Yes. Yeah. And and we do. So I really guide people into becoming aware that they're more of an expert taster than they may realize. And um, and then we talk about food pairing and why we pair certain things with what and and all kinds of fun stuff. So I do that at the dinner table. And then I also guide people um, on retreats. So we'll generally go to a wine country in uh, France, going to Italy in the spring in Sicily, uh, or I've taken people to Baja wine country in Mexico. Such good wine down there, by the way. It's like way better than you think. Amazing. It's be. I so no fun. Idea. And we do wellness practice in the morning. So, and, and really the point of that is so that we can become more present, become more connected so that we are enjoying the food and the wine together as celebration were there for the whole thing yes. you know so that's what i do <laughs> i have i have chills because i'm over here dancing by the way because so many things that marisa is hitting on i preach with intuitive eating and i can't take credit of that i learned intuitive eating through some gurus um but intuitive eating was a game changer for me because of the pleasure principle of mm-hmm. eating mm-hmm. that does not get talked about enough. And that's why people have an unhealthy relationship with food. And I really feel like by Marisa talking about the pleasure principle of drinking, that we can start to form a dialogue around a healthy relationship with alcohol, at least, at least for some people, yeah. right? right. It, I don't think we can everyone's so different and everyone's unique. Um, at the end of the day, I think we're all human and we have so much more in common than we do differently, but still there is no one path that will work for everybody. So, um, which we both agree with, we were just talking before we started recording about our privilege that, and, and we need to go ahead and, and, um, disclose our privilege that neither of us really had a, um abusive relationship with alcohol that we've both been very fortunate about so we should go ahead and and talk about that but um that doesn't mean that our shift can't also happen with other people mm-hmm. um like i was telling marisa that when i was in undergrad i was drinking all the time very heavily i was skipping meals in order to get more drunk right like it was not a healthy relationship with alcohol at all Although no one was telling me like, you might have a drinking problem, you should go, you know, see, seek help. Um, but I think that we were pretty ignorant and just saying like, oh, everyone in college drinks this much, right? And what's really fascinating is that we could be in denial that we have a problem or whatever. And as long as it's not interfering with God knows what in your life, you could keep doing that forever. But it wasn't until I had this one professor tell me like in grad school, this professor was, had a PhD in nutrition and was a professional chef. He told us as dietetic interns that there was a healthy way to drink, which social drink, like drinking socially can actually contribute to better health. Right. And that was 
that initiated this massive internal shift in me and actually led me like organically to start drinking less, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was really weird. It was unintentional. It's not like I put my foot down and was like, I need to start drinking less. It was just, I think, allowing drinking to take on a different role in my life weirdly led me to drink less. And I think the same can go for eating. Once we can talk about allowing, you know, eating chocolate and eating cake and eating um, a sandwich, right? (laughs) To take the role that it's meant to take and remove the shame or the willpower away from that. A lot of my clients find themselves eating in a much more balanced way versus like this unhealthy relationship with food. Um, So I really was drawn to speaking with um, the mindful vine. I I sought it out on Instagram and just doing a lot of research on like who is in this space talking about how we can shift into a healthy relationship with alcohol. And one of the big things that also led me to be curious about this is like the massive non-alcoholic beverage movement that's Mm, happening. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's really reminding me a lot of diet culture, Mm. right? Because it's being marketed as healthier Mm -hmm. when you're having these non-alcoholic, like, you know, canned drinks. And not that it isn't healthier for some people, or maybe there are certain ingredients in this one drink that does make it maybe more nutrient dense. I don't know, but it's reminding me so much of like, the rice cakes and, you know, skinny pop and like all those, or like even, you know, let's go back to like, what were those one shakes? It was like slim fast, you know, it's like, it's reminding me so much of diet culture and it's catering to the people who haven't established that healthy relationship with alcohol to where they have to be in Mm -hmm. all or nothing, or they have to try and trick their mind and tell themselves, oh, this tastes like alcohol or, oh, I can have, you know, it's like you're, Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's an amazing question. And like you said earlier, everyone is different and everyone has their own path with this. I think for me, what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I've seen in other people is almost a hundred percent of the time when we slow down, which unfortunately is not all that supported in our culture, especially right now to savor and to sip yes and to pay attention that is the essence of mindful drinking and it's not to control there's a big difference Mm -hmm. right there's an element of slowing down to for pleasure and for connection Mm -hmm. versus fixing or doing something different than i and i need to fix my habit Mm -hmm. totally different vibe Mm -hmm. and i think the root of what we're actually all seeking is to to not escape and go faster and okay well i checked the box of health today because i had a Mm non-alcoholic soda and a zero carb this and a zero sugar this it's more of okay at the end you might do that congratulations it's wonderful and it is a path i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just at the end of the day when you lay your pillow on the bed do you want to feel satiated and that you had a, a fulfillment of connection and pleasure in the day, or do you want to feel like you got it quote unquote right? Mm-hmm. And that's a personal choice. And we may ebb and flow between these yes. things throughout life in ways, different phases. Um, 
But I think at the root of it, if we really just, and again, I can only really truly speak to wine and spirits as well, because I think they're called spirits for a reason. <laughs> like if anyone has had a glass of champagne and, and just like feels better and effervescent, like it's called spirits. It's, it's lifting, it's uplifting, it's enlightening actually, if we have in the right amount with the, with the intention of what I just said of pleasure. Um, so anyway, I, I think, I think we tapped on that a totally. little bit, um, but I do subscribe to more of the old world. And when I say that, I mean, European way of doing things, which is you have a little bit and it goes with your food and it goes mm -hmm. when you're young and there isn't this, um, cultural, mm, like perfectionism that you were talking about before. It's really just a beautiful, like organic part of the culture. And then you drink less. Mm -hmm. The alcohol is actually less. They do less manipulation of the wine in the winery, um, actually. And they let the fruit just kind of speak for themselves. We can get into that if you want to. Um, we do cover it in a mindful vine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Side note. <laughs> but um, really, it's just to, to allow less to be more. Yes, totally. And at the end of a Beautiful. meal, when you've had a gorgeous even bottle amongst friends and it's not the amount it's not we talked about this before we hopped on it's not what we're doing it's how and why we're doing it and how we can bring that intention into the moment of of what of what we're doing yeah not what because then the shame story comes in it's like i'm doing this bad i'm therefore i'm bad Mm -hmm. My choice in this way makes me bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of us don't have the awareness and skill set yet. A lot of us are working on it. <laughs> Your listeners, I'm sure included, of my choice and me are actually kind of separate. Mm. And we can get into a place of allowing ourselves to enjoy, E-N-J-O-Y as a you know, all caps enjoy when we, um, when we slow down and we just, we just bring some love yes. into the sip, yes. right? Like I'm not a bad person because I'm having an extra glass. If you're telling yourself in your head, as you're drinking that extra glass that I suck, you do. Yeah. <laughs> if you're telling yourself, wow, this is amazingly delicious and I can't wait to finish this glass and then probably be done. You will. Yeah. So that reminds me of two things. Number one, intuitive eating dietitians or counselors or therapists or, um, you know, the philosophy of intuitive eating is we don't care what you're eating. We care like why and, and what are your beliefs and thought processes and, and compensatory actions around what you're eating. Right. And so when I'm thinking of compensatory actions, I'm thinking like, yeah. So, so you checked off a box, right? You did the healthy behavior. Are you compensating for that later? And I see a lot of compensation mm -hmm. when it comes to mm -hmm. the pursuit of health, mm -hmm. which is in thing. It's like, I, I paid my dues. Now I deserve this. Right. And, and one thing that was so revolutionary for me by, um, an eating disorder dietitian who was my mentor early, early in undergrad, um, she actually introduced intuitive eating to me. She said that there was a study, a research study where they would take two groups of people on a nature walk before dinner. So one group was, you know, let's call it the control group. 
So they would be told, okay, we're going on a nature walk before dinner. And like, it's just to enjoy the walk, you know, it's just to like, look at the garden, you know, and then you'll go and you'll enjoy your meal. So that's, that's the control group. Right. And then the other group was told that they were burning calories or that they were doing like an exercise walk before dinner. And it was the same distance, same speed, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's just the, the mentality around the why you're, yeah, the intention. Mm-hmm. And of course, the ones who were on the exercise walk thought they earned their calories and they ended up eating more. Oh, interesting. Same action, same restaurant, mm-hmm. but it's the mindset around yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Interesting. I love that. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. I mean, it's a quantifiable way to measure what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, that's that's very, very interesting. So there are some things, this is another thing that came to mind. There are some things in health that are trade-offs, right? Like we only have so much time in a day. We have to like um, sacrifice one activity for another if we want to, I don't know. I don't even know what example I'm thinking of. Like, okay, I can't work until midnight tonight. I'm going to go to bed instead, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a trade-off. But there are some things that are Mm -hmm. Mm win-wins. And I would say like getting to enjoy a glass of wine with dinner, Mm -hmm. if you can slow down and appreciate it, that's a win-win because not only are you not chugging it, Mm -hmm. you're like actually getting the pleasure of the wine. Mm And I think an added benefit is you're probably going to spend less money because you're not like chugging it and downing it. <laughs> Financial win-win. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. So one thing, since we've been talking so much about high level concept, which is very fun, the how, if, if it's cool, yeah, I would love to please. bring that in to just make this tangible in, in a way that I've seen work amazing many times let's do that (laughs) so there's a ritual aspect to to having a glass of wine or a glass of tequila or your plate of food whatever you're consuming in this instance we'll chat about it through the lens of a glass of wine that allows us to actually do what we're talking about which really is the journey of the senses and it's super Mm -hmm. simple it is and I don't, I, you're going to pretend that I have a glass of, of red Pinot Noir in my glass and I'm holding it up as I'm waving my imaginary glass around, which by the way, next time we do this, we need to have a, a glass. I would um, love that. We will. Uh, but it's sight, smell, taste, and then taking a moment of reflection. So that, that journey is actually what people do who are experts. So a sommelier exam, for those of us listening, you're like, what is a sommelier? Um, it's it's essentially it's a it's a fancy test that we we are we are wine stewards and we have a depth of knowledge around wine around the world but in order to pass these exams there's four levels and sorry i'm going on a side tangent but i will bring it back i promise we have um four levels and so technically i am a level two i've been in the industry for a long time i may approach a third we'll see but we go through wines in front of us, we sit down to a table and I don't know what's in front of me, but I need to be able to go through a process that tells you what it is, where it comes from in the world and what's the year. 
And so, and then you get a gold star and you pass and you go to the next level. So that's not a magic trick. It actually is deductive tasting and asking yourself a lot of questions while you're tasting. So we don't need to get that fancy for this process. If you're just on the, on the couch, notice, just notice if you're just automatically glass poured to the mouth. Okay, there's one way to drink more actually. And I do this too. It's not like I'm perfect at this. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. Or what we're talking about is to look at it first. So sight comes first. Hold your glass of wine at the stem. Hold it up to the light. Give it a little swirl, which I like to say that air is to wine as salt is to food. Air is to wine as salt is to food. It enhances, it gives it life little too much and it'll be ruined good right good. and so we swirl we get some air in there check out the color even if you're not going to get geeky about it just like take a moment a millisecond is there light coming through this is it deep and rich that's going to tell you a little bit about the wine before you even taste it is it um lighter skin grape will be lighter in color a thicker skin grape will obviously be thick so and then get your nose in the glass so I like to close one sense and open up the other. Mm. You know, as we know, we close our eyes. We have more senses in another way. So I'll close my eyes and get my nose in the glass. Take a big whiff and then exhale. Take some breath and just notice, pay attention. I usually will ask myself, well, what's going on in here? What kind of fruit? Is this really floral? Is this really dry? Whoa, does have a lot of alcohol? And I'll give you a little trick. This is a really fun, your science brain will we'll appreciate this. So. Oftentimes a, a coffee bean, a cracker, a glass of water with wine tasting, some say is the right way to go. But if you smell the inside of your wrist, it could be the outside too, your mm. own scent in between sips, you will actually go back in, test this out. Take a, take a big whiff, smell yourself. If you're wearing perfume, it won't work. Go back in and see if it changes. Nine times out of 10, it does. Wow. Because our bodies were always trying to come back to equilibrium and zero. So our olfactory system, which is connected to our memory um, and our limbic brain is through our nose and it actually resets when you smell yourself. Very cool. Yeah. So if you want to know if something truly tastes or smells like to you, do that. You can smell your romantic partner if you want and see if you're a match. That's disgusting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they normally smell Sorry, horrible. Babe. We're breaking up. Here's some more wine. I gotta go. <laughs> All right. And then you get into the sip and the taste. So again, air is to wine is salt is food. You see psalms, get a little in your mouth and then do that swirly thing. That is actually really helpful and important for you to be, pick up on more yes. notes, pick up on the pleasure that's available to yes. you instead of just like a quick one and done. Yeah. And, um, and then have a, a little moment of just like, hmm, yum. Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. And before you go for that next sip, do it again. Yeah. Just for a moment, you know, and see what else, see what changes for you. Very, very cool exercise. And I think what's really awesome is I found you like, I don't know how I found you, but like the universe brought us together because this is what turned me on. This is like game changing for eating as well. Like mindful eating, doing a meditation around, let's say, <laughs> a chocolate covered strawberry or a single raisin, right? Like changes the whole experience. And we are not saying that this is how you need to eat or drink every time by any means, but maybe it is pivotal in changing your relationship with eating and drinking, mm -hmm. right? We were just doing a 24 hour recall just to test out the, 
the software and um i was asking marisa what her what she ate in the last 24 hours and we talked about like how she ate it and she was like yeah i ate my salad really rushed and then i paused and i was like okay i'm eating this very rushed like let me just take some time to eat this food and that happens to every single one of us like nobody is mindfully eating every single time they eat that would actually kind of become a burden yeah i think like we kind of just need to eat to like survive sometimes too and just like get through the day and like get some calories in um but but yeah that was such a beautiful practice i hope and you can always you know start this recording at i think it was like 17 19 minutes when she started giving that practice um when you have your glass of wine if you weren't if you weren't doing that while you were listening um when you want to do that with food there is an audio recording online and i can link that in the show notes for um, meditations and guided practices to help you connect with food as well something came up for me while you were talking about that i can't remember oh okay so i recently started a job at um like one or two days a week at tiny pine a restaurant down in carbondale And because I'm new, I've been having to try all these wines and even cocktails. And I don't like certain liquors. Like I just don't like whiskey, bourbon, all those things. But I still have to try it to know what it tastes like. And so one thing that I've noticed that happens when I'm trying something, let's say the word pleasure feels untrue to you when you're trying a wine or trying a food, I think what really helped me Mm, to appreciate the experience Mm -hmm. is using curiosity. Mm, mm -hmm. So like a super, super neutral approach to what you're tasting Mm -hmm. is just like, what am I tasting? Like just the question. So true. I, I, my partner is a chef and you know, he had, I mean, he's very talented. (laughs) And sometimes when we go to eat, you know, I'm expecting sometimes for him to like, give me a yes or no, or review. Mm. And so often he just deeply appreciates what it is for what it is. Mm. Yeah. And the care that went into it and what they were trying to do, he gets it. And he just like, yeah, not my favorite. And I get it. Yeah. And there's a deep appreciation and therefore you're not let down, you know, when we can surrender our preference and come into curiosity. Yes. Such a good point. Totally. Such a good point. Yeah, Because sometimes it doesn't feel true to me to like enjoy this, like, I don't know, drink or piece of food, but you can tap into a different experience by just being like, what am I tasting? Mm-hmm. What are the textures? Mm-hmm. What are the, yeah. you know, that and is then that is the, literally, the yeah. Definition. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, that was a pleasurable experience. But if you go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to really bad. like this the yeah. way I enjoy like cold stone ice cream. <laughs> um, and I do I see that with wine tasting. A lot of the times people will come in up and you guys may, may agree with this who are listening of like, I only like Sauvignon Blanc. I only like it like mm-hmm. this and I'll get them to try a dirty Chianti <laughs> that's got some age on it by dirty. I mean, it just has some earth notes to it. It's not actually dirty, but they go, they have this aha moment of, because we do, we're learning creatures. We like, we're here in bodies with palates and eyes and senses to experience. And if we can, like you just said, surrender the good, bad um, preference and judgment, then we are available Mm. for it all. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately is what we're 
what we're here to experience, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you need some help um, understanding that, you can watch the movie Soul. Oh, it's that? so good. It's I'm like, pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I'm just here to experience. Yes. And she does just fine doing that. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it does kind of come full circle, right? Because we're removing the judgment or the expectation. And we're just experiencing the activity, mm-hmm. whether it be drinking or eating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was something else I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Does anything come to your mind? We can go on oh, forever. You were talking about we're McDonald's. Oh yeah. Culture. So real quick for you listeners um, who are interested in the dig, I get asked this question constantly of what is the difference between organic wine, dry farm wine, biodynamic wine, made with organic grape wine, sustainable wine. Um, and the, the, we're not going to have an entire hour lecture on this. That could be another episode. Um, but the, the little tidbit I want to share is that in general, the difference between old world and new world palettes and wine, when I say old world, I mean, Europe, Spain, Italy, France, Germany, um, and new world being California, South America, generally California, you know, California Americans. Americans are entrained, and it's just part of who we are as a culture as a whole, for a McDonald's palette. As in what I mean by that, or a Coca-Cola palette. I mean, we expect things to be the same no matter where we go, and there's a consistency our, we just expect. And the thing is, is wine and our food is farming. And that means that the terroir, which in a wine world is terra, is the the uh, Latin root of that word, meaning earth, mm-hmm. everything in that environment is different every single year. The cool thing about wine is it's literally tasting history. Well, not only every year, every season, every right? season, yeah. every year, every vintage is where like, you would bottle right through the course of a growing season is in a year, but yes, every season. And the thing is, is there's volatility to that because it's supposed to be different. And in Europe, they expect the opposite. It's a 180 of it should never taste the same and the alcohol should be less and which is just alcohol in the new world is generally a little higher has a little bit to do with climate um and also manipulation and i say manipulation not with a negative connotation however i mean literally just adding things into the wine or adding oak or manipulating what is the natural process of just the grape juice after fermentation we do a lot more to keep consistency mm-hmm. and expectations for bigger brands mm-hmm. um, in America and in European wines, generally they farm more organically. Mm-hmm. And that means no herbicides, pesticides, and harmful fertilizers. We again we'll get into the semantics and the rules of everything another time. But in general, um, you want to drink things that are expressions of the soil, the earth, the land. Drink more Italian and French wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the super simplified. Be open. <laughs> All right. So we got cut off, but we're back and we're actually going to wrap up our session. But I hope y'all learned a lot. Yeah, I certainly did. Yeah. I love your perspective. Uh, very good reminder. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. But we'll definitely, um, I'll share Marisa's. Um, just everything you're involved in i'll share all of that in the show notes because she like me wears many hats and has a lot of different 
avenues that she wants to connect. Um, at the end of the day, it's all connected at the root. So um, I'll share her information in the show notes and maybe you'll see her again. Yeah, I would love that. I'm really grateful. And, you know, cheers out there. Um, my One of my wine mentors, Judy Bruckman, she's a like wonderful kind of rotund Italian Jewish woman. She's like, Marisa, do you know why we cheers? I'm like, no, Judy, but I'm pretty sure you're about to tell me. She's like, because you can see wine, you can smell it, you can taste it. And then when you cheers, you can hear it. And then everyone goes around oh, and cheers. I it's love like that. the cutest. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's mindfulness right yeah, there. Right. She does not miss a beat with yeah. the senses. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So, all right, well, cheers, everyone. Cheers to you all. <laughs> Bye.